Welcome in to a very special edition of Sportball, because it's the Super Bowl, baby. I'm your boy, Sam. With me, as always, are my two compadres, my two companions, my two confidants, Seth and Kyle. Boys, how we doing? What a day, huh? NBA trade deadline, Super Bowl just a few days away. Really couldn't be a better uh better weekend yeah, it could be I, f- <laughs> could it? I feel like we're peaking right as a we're podcast or no no definitely not that as people also, also no, no. <laughs> so we have the super bowl it's a sunday we'll start with that we'll we'll dive deep into the preview and then all of you loyal listeners that don't care about the NBA will hit the NBA trade deadline after you've gone to sleep because there's no way you're making it through this whole pot without falling asleep anyway. That's for so sure. We, ha- <laughs> we have Kansas City versus the San Francisco 49ers, two storied franchises meeting up and a rematch of 2020, a year we'd most like to forget except for this game where the Chiefs beat the Niners 31 to 20. And it was Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo in that game who can't even get a starting job for the Las Vegas Raiders anymore, if you would believe it. After his, his after he was in the Super Bowl nary four years ago. Um, Storylines coming in. Mahomes is two out of three in the Super Bowl. Looking for his third. He's only lost in the playoffs to Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. So Tom Brady and the next Tom Brady, you might say. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan is is 0 for 1 in the Super Bowl as a head coach. Infamously also 0 for 1 as an assistant coach when he gaffed up a 28 to 3 lead to the aforementioned Tom Brady mm-hmm. with the Atlanta Falcons. He was I was surprised then? by that even though I feel like everyone talks about that every 2 weeks. Are you both People surprised talk about by that this? every 2 weeks? <laughs> Are you both surprised by this this bombshell I just dropped on you? Yeah, yeah, this so, sounds I, vaguely familiar to me. That's it. Yeah, I forgot he was an assistant on that team. I feel like I, feel like I haven't heard them mention that at all. That's I so also funny. don't listen to Sports Center and stuff. So I also don't listen to Sports Center. But I feel <laughs> Who like any Sports Center. Yeah, what Nick do you mean was just to texting Sports us Center? about. <laughs> I mean, I assume he's not sitting in his office watching it, so it could be on and you could listen to it. You act like this is an asinine statement. <laughs> it's just not one I partake in personally. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Me neither. <laughs> but either way, yeah. So Shanahan 0 and 2 in the Super Bowl. Um, the Niners have been one of the best teams all year. The Chiefs had, were much maligned all year, even on this podcast by us, especially on the offensive side. But they seem to hit their stride in the playoffs. I'm going to give my pick first, and this is a big one because before you do this, hold on. Okay. Are you sending your pick to Vince as well after this? Don't you worry need to about make sure... Vince. Well, Vince is taken care of. We should. Has he submitted his pick one yet? Well, let's give you the backstory know. for the listeners. They don't know what we're talking about. Everybody so... knows what we're talking about. There's like five listeners. All listeners know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Belgium knows about this. We have a playoff pool, a playoff confidence pool, and if I pick the winner, I win it. And then Vince and Nick are behind me, two loyal listeners to the pod. And 
if they pick the opposite team from me and they win, they will over overtake me to win the pool. Vince doesn't listen to the podcast, so it doesn't really matter what I say right now. Nick, Fuck you, Vince. Have, <laughs> <laughs> me and Nick have a prearranged deal because Nick is a loyal listener. And I said, I'm not going to give my pick on the pod and have Nick hear it so that he can pick the other team. So Nick has graciously told Kyle his pick as an unbiased third party. Mm. Will Tyler reveal it live after you reveal yours, Sam? Mm-hmm. He will. Yeah. So here we go. I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs. As we all knew you would. <laughs> Give it to me straight, Kyle. What did Nick... He's looking at his phone as if he doesn't remember what That's Nick picked. Right. It's just right. a simple thing to remember. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have a singular text message. It, so. I have a singular text message from him that just says, Chiefs. Fuck! What are you? Oh, wait, that's, that's good for, for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. One down. So if Vince also picks the Chiefs, I'm golden. I win either way. Do you? If someone, <clears throat> you can't even be caught by someone that's behind that picks. If you pick, if they pick the Niners and the Niners win. Oh, wait, no. What I just said is wrong. So yeah. if they pick the correct <laughs> team, they beat me by a point. Who's that's why they? I... Wait, wait, no, no, no. God, this could not be more complicated. You're telling me, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm just going to pull up your email and see. Basically, if, if we are. all pick the Chiefs and the Chiefs win, then I, you win. I win the pool. Correct. If the yes. Chiefs lose, Correct. I also win the pool. So we're good. If the Chiefs lose, you also win it? Yeah, because if the Chiefs win, if I pick the correct team, I have 73 points. If they pick the correct team, they have 69. Nice. Yes. But. And if, nobody could catch you, even if. What the, we're saying the, is. Yeah, if is there anybody behind you that could pick... If Vince picks the Niners, then he could beat me. It's Vince, okay. But once again, he doesn't listen to this pod, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, that's the scenario. I don't think I want to bore the listeners with more of our pool talk because that was overly complicated, and they're probably already asleep at this point. But I'm going with the Chiefs. Um, when the games ended last week, I, t- I texted Seth, and I said, I'm going to pick the Niners. But ever since then, I've been thinking. I've been percolating. And now... I'm going to the Chiefs. I, I, I feel like I thought at first, okay, the Chiefs have Mahomes, but the Niners have a way better team. But then when I started to look into it, I'm not so sure it's not that close. Like, if you go by position group, and you can just stop me if you disagree with this, okay? okay. Re- receivers, Niners disagree. in a landslide. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Obviously. Running back, big edge to the Niners. Christian McCaffrey, some know him as the best running back in the league. I mean, Pacheco's great, but, you know, he's no he's no McCaffrey. Linebackers, huge edge to the Niners, I would say. They have the best linebacking core in the league. But I feel like that's really where, like, their edges stop. If you go to defensive line, the Niners have a lot of names, but they have not been playing very well at all. And I feel like Chris Jones is as good as Nick Bosa. Well, the and thing is... The re- I don't think that they haven't been playing well. They just play a certain type of defense. They only put four men on the line almost always. So if you're just going to base it off of like pressures and sacks, and it's also easier to run uh, when there's only four men on the line and it's not stacks. You're not running against stacked boxes. So the reason that the rest of their defense probably, besides the name value as well, that's another thing. But when you only have four men on the line, then – you have more people, obviously, in the secondary. So they're just essentially saying, run on us. We don't care. A pass is worth more than a run, and we're not going to let you do that. So 
But if I have I don't four, really care. if I have four defensive linemen, they're supposed to be really good. I, I would like those those pressures to be up more, even if I'm doing a four man rush. You know what I mean? I just feel like they haven't been affecting the game lately as much as I I would expect them to. So that's the defensive line. Offensive line, maybe a tie, maybe a slight edge to the Niners. Both have really, really good offensive lines, probably two of the best in the league. Secondary, this is where we start to get a big edge to the Chiefs. This, the Chiefs have a way better secondary. Obviously, quarterback, huge edge to the Chiefs, as we know. And then kicker, punter, special teams, big edge to the Chiefs there. Their kicker is way better. Their punters are the best in the league. Um, coach, slight edge to the Chiefs, I would say. I mean, obviously, Shannon's a great coach, but Reed has been here and done and done that. So I don't know. I just thought when I started like diving deeper into it, it just seems a lot closer than I thought. Do you guys kind of agree with that? Or you you still think the Niners have a much deeper team? I mean, I think it depends on if you just go through those positions, positional groupings, let's say, and then you say, oh, well, the Chiefs are like several where they're better. But I think the different positional groupings have a varying impact on the game. Right. Like, I mean, sometimes it's more visible if there's like a big missed field goal, but I don't think generally kicking or the difference between the kickers is as important as the difference between like the defensive line, for example. That being said, I'm also taking the Chiefs. Wow. So, uh, I don't disagree with your premise. And I think that the Mahomes factor is just too much to ignore. Um, so I still think the Niners are significantly better if you take out the quarterbacks. But I think quarterback is just such an impactful part of the game that I don't want to bet against Mahomes. I've done it before and it hasn't gone well. Although I've also bet on him and it hasn't gone well. So whatever we I have do, a we have a legend. <laughs> snip snap snip snap for Seth. Yeah. We we have a legendary bet that's talked about amongst in the streets, a twenty dollar bet every year on the Super Bowl. So we're both on the Chiefs. How long has it been since I've won? I think it was the Eagles beating the Patriots is the last time I won. In like I can't remember the last time you won. <laughs> Now I did call Niners right out of the gate, so we're just gonna we're just gonna stick with that. Yep. Feels empty. It feels hollow since we picked the, the same team. I mean, really, it's good for you. I think I texted you this. If the Chiefs win, then you predicted it correctly, and you win the pools, right? If the Niners win, well, then you get twenty bucks from me. So. It's good for you regardless. Now, I believe also if the Chiefs win, I win another legendary bet with none other than Kyle, the other co-host of this podcast. Who? Wherein, because I believe he is picking the Niners and the winner of, of the game has to send the other a mug. Is the, it worth more than $20? The loser. Say? Or sorry, the loser has to send the other one a mug, yeah. It's the way we've got around our wives not allowing us to buy mugs <laughs> during any other time of the year is 
we bet a mug on the Super Bowl. So yeah. that way, at least one of us gets a mug during the year. <laughs> and they're none the wiser. Was that last year where you got the incredible mug? Uh, that was the Kansas City. Was that two years ago? It was last year where last I received year? a mug of of Carl Sheffers, the main ref of the <laughs> of the Super Bowl, who did not call pass interference on the last play. <laughs> That's classic Kyle right there. I'm surprised yeah. you don't have that out. You should have brought it out for tonight. I should have. You're right. But yeah, you're right. I am taking the Niners. It's about time that Shanahan wins one. Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of talk about Mahomes, about how good he is in the playoffs. Obviously, multiple Super Bowls. Multiple Super Bowls? Is it multiple? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and then you have Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. We've seen some struggles during the year. Um, but I also think given two weeks to prepare for the situation, for the matchup that Shanahan is going to be able to implement a, uh, a good enough game plan, at least, you know, for the first half, I think you can kind of expect maybe the first quarter to be mostly scripted plays. Um, and that's really where they need to take advantage. I'm not going to feel great about the 49ers if we come out of the first quarter or even go in to halftime with them losing. Yeah. But I think that they put a high priority on high efficiency plays to set themselves up to go into halftime with, you know, some type of lead. And then I think we really see um, the game slow down in the second half. Um, at least by whoever's in the lead, right? I, I think if the Chiefs go in, then we see a heavy, heavy dosage of runs in the second half. If the Niners come out of halftime with a lead, I think we see a heavy dosage of McCaffrey. So I think the first half is really going to be indicative of, or it'd be a major factor uh, in terms of who comes away victorious in this. Yeah, you're definitely a couple right, years like ago. A couple of years ago, right? I think, what was it? It was twenty to ten in the fourth quarter, and Mahomes scored the uh, led out three touchdowns uh, with like the last seven minutes. Was it the final seven minutes of the game? He came back on the 49ers. three touchdowns in the final seven. That's minutes, not happening. Thirty-one to twenty. Think. I don't think so either. Like I feel like if for for the Chiefs to win, I'm expecting them. If I'm picking the Chiefs. I need them to take a lead in the first quarter in the first half and hold it, kind of like they did against the Ravens. They're really not built to come from behind like they have been, like you said, Kyle, in years past. Um, I almost feel like whoever's winning the first quarter or first half is going to win the game. I don't know um, the stats behind it either, but like both teams I, I know are notorious for, and most teams are these days, deferring um, if they win the coin toss. But one thing that I feel like the Niners have somehow become really good at is making sure they get the ball within the last two minutes of the first half and at least getting some points on the board going into the half. I don't know how to look up if that's true, but I feel like a lot of games that I did watch this year, they were able to do that. And it's been talked about in other podcasts as well. I just haven't heard actual numbers put behind it, like how many games 
they let a drive, a scoring drive within the final two minutes going into the halftime. I wonder if I could find that out. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, either team, if they get the ball within two minutes, I kind of expect them to score at least a field goal. <laughs> uh, Seth, I'm one of the reasons I picked the Chiefs is I'm a little worried about the Niners' defense. Since week 10, when they lost Hufunga, their safety, they've dropped from like top 10, top 15 in EPA and success rate all the way to 30 and to 30 to 31. I mean, bottom of the league, their defense has been very bad over the last few weeks. You know, is that kind of an aberration? Where is the end of the season? And then just a couple, you know, small sample size games in the playoffs? Or do you think that, that they might be in trouble on the defensive end? I mean, obviously, I picked the Chiefs, so I'm inclined to think they might be in trouble. Although, when Kyle was talking, I was like, you know, I kind of want the Niners to win. <laughs> so, who knows what I'll be cheering for, but... Why don't we just you... switch our switch our bet to you take the Niners? No. Because um, then I might be right, and we can't have that. Um, <laughs> so... I What I'm more worried about is just their performance in the playoffs so far. I feel mm-hmm. like especially in the regular season, again, perhaps particularly early in the season before some of those injuries, they just looked like a dominant team. And and then I feel like they've kind of scraped by um, the Packers and the, the Lions to make it to the Super Bowl. And I don't know, it just wasn't a lot, particularly from their defense, to your point, that gave me a lot of confidence that they're going to, be the team that we saw early in the season and dominate this chiefs, especially after the other team that we felt like was dominant. The Ravens just lost to the chiefs. So I feel like the chiefs are peaking at the right time. And a lot of that has to do with that. They've been there before Mahomes knows the drill now, and they know exactly how much they need to do to get it done. And the Niners are kind of limping to the finish line. Um, So I expect the Chiefs to overtake them. But I kind of would like to see Brock Purdy win a Super Bowl. So yeah, I would I would not be upset with either of these teams winning. And I think it's a pretty it's a pretty toss up game. I mean, Vegas thinks so as well. The Niners are favored by two, which is one of the lowest lines, you know, in recent Super Bowl memory. I agree with you, Seth. It's like it's almost like the, the trajectory of these two teams. Like if you take the Niners and the Chiefs from like week ten or like late season on, have been like completely opposite, right? You know, coming into the playoffs, that we were kind of not believing in the Chiefs and thinking the Niners were a juggernaut, and now it almost seems like it's it's flipped, and it it does kind of feel like like Mahomes and Andy Reid are inevitable, which is like feels like dumb to say and kind of lazy analysis but it just feels like like you said they know what it takes to get get it done and it's really hard to pick against them i mean i think you could liken it to brady and belichick Mm -hmm. where yeah they didn't win every single super bowl they made it to but it's still a better bet to bet on them than against and sometimes it just felt like they're inevitable and I think I've heard this on some other podcasts. It was like, and I'm always critical when people say, oh, we'll never see this again, right? Never is a long ass time. And we said <laughs> that about the Brady Patriots and how we're never going to see a dynasty like this. And then 
immediately after Brady retires, we're like already seeing a dynasty that in, you know, it hasn't lasted as long yet, but they could potentially win even more. They've already won twice and now they're on the, you know, up for a third in four years. So yeah, see what happens. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has never not made the AFC championship game. Yeah, that's so fucked year. up. <laughs> Uh, Kyle, any parting thoughts before we go to props? There's been 10 Niners games this year where they've gotten the ball within the final two minutes of the first half and have either scored a kicked a field, made a field goal, or scored a touchdown. Six of those, or yeah, six of those 10 instances were touchdowns. So more than half their games. It's like Not he's bad. a co-host, but he's also like our IT department at the same time. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> I'm I'm excited That's for awesome. the game. Um, really want to see McCaffrey come away with one, Devo come away with one. I really like the Niners guys. Obviously, I don't want Kermit to win again. Though, you know, <laughs> is it in the script? Are the Chiefs going to win? Is Kelsey going to propose midfield with confetti falling? And have, and have the picture of the year uh, taken, you know, I, that's the one that's my biggest worry. I think I feel like even if you don't, even if it wasn't in your plans, you almost have to propose if you win the Super Bowl. When are you ever going to get? I guess they could be in the Super Bowl next year. Next year. You're <laughs> on a high. You're on an all time high. I mean, come on. I did. I, I heard on another podcast that there's a prop out there. That's. That's tra- Taylor Swift to kiss Jason Kelsey at any point during the game or afterwards, and it's minus 120. What do they know in Vegas? (laughs) What do they know that we don't? (laughs) All right, let's go into the props. Speaking of, lots of fun props for the Super Bowl. I asked us each to, to bring three props that we like, just so we can get our listeners some money. You know what I mean? Like these, these, these listeners over in Belgium, I assume the taxes are high there. They're going to have to make some money off of something. So they're going to bet on the Super Bowl. So I'll start us off. Don't you worry about that. Because. Longest field goal. Over 47 and a half yards. Mm-hmm. First of all, kickers these days, they make 50 yarders. We don't even blink. That's true. We don't even bat an eyelash because it's so common. Secondly, this game is the highest evolution Elevation. <laughs> elevation. This is the highest elevation a Super Bowl has ever been played in. I love that you checked your notes to see how elevation is spelled. <laughs> <laughs> They're in Vegas. It's high altitude. The air is thinner than you can. You can cut a knife through the air. Okay. And it's in a dome. You can cut a knife through the air. What can it mean? <laughs> it's in a dome. Both these kickers have strong legs. Harry B, also known as Harrison Bucker, one of the strongest legs in the league. Moody, Moody on the other side, strong leg. You can book this over 47 and a half, take it to the bank. I know you like that. What are the odds on it? Minus 105. Barely, you're barely paying any VIG to Vegas. Barely. I like it. Kyle, what I you got? Don't. I don't know if it's been talked about on the more widely listened to podcast but you know i like my niche 
my niche. There's no uh, more widely listened podcast than this, Kyle. My niche podcast, and it was brought up, and I loved it. Obviously, people are going to want to bet on the Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. Odds aren't the best for that. You could take a bigger swing and get, say, first touchdown, just first touchdown in the game. Decent. But what the real play probably should be is Kelsey, Chiefs' first touchdown scored. I think it's at uh, plus like 340, 330-ish, I think, last time I saw. Um, Kelsey's been the first touchdown of the Chiefs in three of their last six games. Uh, Oh, wait. Yeah. And he scored the first touchdown. Wait, what does it say? Over the last two stats, man is falling apart. I thought you were an IT guy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) IT, right? I can't read. that. Over the last two postseasons, Kelsey scored the first touchdown, just first touchdown in any game, three of the last six times. Wow. Six Chiefs games. But he's been the first Chiefs touchdown in five of those six games. Wow. Most recently is last week, or last week, two weeks ago. I love that, Kyle. And Travis Kelsey has scored 19 touchdowns in 21 career playoff games. Yeah. So odds are good he's going to score. Like you said, odds are good he's going to be the first Chiefs scorer. Put your mortgage on it. Honestly? (laughs) I am not advocating for anyone. You put your mortgage on it, then you get your mortgage for three more months. (laughs) It's simple math, people. All right, Seth, what do you want? All right. Um, Full disclosure, we watched Seth look up props while we were starting to record this podcast. So take correct. that with a grain. Maybe not the mortgage on these. You know what? The funniest part is that my very first one directly conflicts with the one Kyle just gave. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it's also a first touchdown one. And I kind of get the feeling with all of the hype, with all of the attention on Kelsey with the whole Mahomes Kelsey connection, they're gonna do a little zig or a little zag, if you will. And no, really? everyone's gonna think, oh, they got into the red zone. They're gonna look for Kelsey. We gotta double him. And then Mahomes is gonna drop back and just hand it off to Pacheco and he'll just run it in. So I got wouldn't mind it. Pacheco, first touchdown, plus five fifty. Hmm. First touchdown for the game, though, is what you're okay. saying. Yeah. See, the is worry it... here is, this is the big worry on any first touchdown bet, is the Chiefs need to have the ball on the first drive because the Niners, I think, have scored a touchdown uh, on like in like 13 games on their first drive or something like that. Like, it's a crazy percentage. Honestly, whoever wins the coin toss, I feel like is going to score a touchdown. So you might as well just parlay team to win the the coin toss with first Mm -hmm. touchdown score. And take that. Really, it would be the other team because they'll probably defer. Oh, good call. (laughs) Yes, you guys. Why are you paying me the big bucks over here? I just (laughs) saved all you listeners a bunch of money. (laughs) I'm not paying you. Does he know? No, the listeners. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. Uh, Speaking of touchdowns, should I just say it like I do every year? Shortest touchdown under 1.5 yards. I don't know what to tell you, okay? It's hit in four of the last four Super Bowls. It's hit in six of the last seven. 
and it's only minus 145. It should be like minus 250. What do you want me to say? I think this is the year it goes over. It's just neither quarterback is a QB sneak kind of kind of guy, you know. But even so, you don't need a QB sneak for you that. Don't need if you're on it, the one, saying, but here's like with the Eagles, it's like okay, it's definitely going to happen, right? But I feel like a majority of this time we need some type of pass interference in the end zone. Yeah, we'll get and, it. And uh, see, here's the thing: I don't know if we will. And if that's the case, at plus money, over one and a half. Honestly, is probably a better bet. I don't care about what teams have done in past Super Bowls. Who gives what a shit? That, that has nothing to do with this game. <laughs> You're talking about historical trends. Two of the best defensive defenses, right? Especially if they're going to be running, as we expect, probably more than what the general public would hope to be. You're going to want to preserve your, you know, your your chances in the red zone in this game, you're probably going to be running more frequently in the red zone. Sure. You can get downed at the one, but so this is where I'm going to zig from you and say, bet the over one and a half at plus my, what is, I could look it up. I think it was like plus plus one fifty or something. Wasn't it? Let me, let me paint a picture for you. Even though I know you can't imagine anything in your mind. <laughs> Niners win the toss. They defer chiefs get the ball. They march down the field. It's a long drive, eight-minute drive. First and goal from the seven. Pacheco, six-yard run down to the one. <laughs> they hike the ball. They hand it to Pacheco. But no, it's a fake. They throw it to Kelsey for oh, a one-yard to touchdown. Kelsey. And we all winners. What do you think about that, except for Seth? Does that count <laughs> if it's a Pacheco throwing touchdown? <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, no, for Pacheco, no. It's Pacheco not. throws to Kelsey for the first touchdown. Me and Kyle <laughs> celebrate wildly while Seth. I have just <laughs> tears streaming down my face. Plus 120 for over one and a half yards for the shortest touchdown. Well, I guess me and Kyle will be at odds for that one. As much as we are for our mug bet every year. Maybe I'll get a mug with, with a just a symbol of 1.5 for you, depending on who wins, <laughs> who wins that one. Kyle, what's your second prop? Hit me with it. Oh, what is my second prop? So, I am under the belief that this is set up to be a massive Debo Samuel game. Um, So, I'm taking an extra long shot here and going Debo Samuel first touchdown of the game. Uh, it's boosted on ESPN bet to plus 1100. Now, the Chiefs give up screen plays, screen passes at one of the highest rates in the league. Obviously, we know the yards after catch ability of Debo Samuel is one of the best parts of his game. Both Debo, Debo has leads, obviously, the Niners in, in screen pass receptions. Christian McCaffrey is not far behind, but he's behind. So... Again, I'm under the belief that they're going to play it relatively safe when it comes to red zone drives. And, and there's going to be a lot of run plays, a lot of screen plays, a lot of things to just get the ball in playmakers' hands, especially for the 49ers, where 
there still is some question, right? Uh, at least from the public, can Brock Purdy, is this Brock Purdy? Can he live up to what he has been or what we thought he was after MVP last year? MVP favorite at one point. True. Yeah. So if they're going to be getting it into the, the best playmakers hands, it's going to be McCaffrey or it's going to be Debo. And I just really think Debo is going to have a ton of opportunities in this game. And at, you know, 11 to one odds, I got, I got 20 bucks on it already. Kyle, I love that. And I'll do you one better. I'm also going to bet both his first touchdown score and last touchdown score. Mm, yeah. Sandwich it, baby. I love just, that. Just bookended, baby. This is a big Debo game. I mean, what happens if both of these defenses just completely show up? There's only one touchdown scored in the game. And it's Debo, oh. and you hit first and last <laughs> on oh one God. play. They get it on one play. First, last, and only. All right, Seth, what's your second happens, prop? But... No, certainly not. My second prop, I can hardly believe my eyes that this is plus 600. Christian McCaffrey, heard of him. One of the best runners in the league. And as you mentioned, Kyle, big threat in the receiving game. All he needs is to get 25 yards receiving in each half. Plus 600. That's plus 600, really? Wow. I'm FanDuel. I'm writing this down right now. I do really like that. That's like three catches. Easy. (laughs) Might be be one one catch. He could get 25 yards on that. Yeah. Plus 600? Let me double check. Oh, I, to call- yeah, I, was, I mean, I was just looking at it during the pod, so I don't think I would have gotten I need it. To, I need to call my bank. I need to move some money around. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Like, which where, Where'd you find that at, Seth? May uh, those sponsor Sportsbook.fanduel.com. You might have heard of it. FanDuel. You know, DraftKings has refused to sponsor us for five years. It's time to put their asses to the fire. FanDuel, you can sponsor us too if you'd like. I like that a lot, Seth. Thank you. All right. It's back to me, I think. Here's what I like, all right? I'm all over Kyle Juszczyk in this game. There's a few There's a few things you can do here, okay? Kyle Juszczyk to catch a pass. Not great odds. You know what you could do, though? Kyle Juszczyk, longest reception over two and a half yards. He's catching a pass that's going to go three yards. Kyle Juszczyk, anytime touchdown. I'm going to bet it all. This is a big Kyle Juszczyk game. His wife is known to make garments to wear for Taylor Swift, for Brittany Mahomes. She just signed, actually, with the NFL to produce these. (laughs) It's all coming together, okay? You think Taylor Swift is going to propose to Travis Kelsey after the game? No, I don't think that's going to happen. If anything, it goes the other way. (laughs) Think again. It's going to be Kyle Juszczyk and his wife announcing that they're divorcing because she's too famous for him. The man that has two (laughs) touchdowns on the entire year. Yeah. Just a sprinkle on him. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Who doesn't love a nice fullback game? You know what I'm saying? If Kyle Juszczyk catches a pass, we're all going to get excited anyway. You might as well have money on it. Kyle, what's your second or your, what's your third and final prop? Uh, I was looking to see if there were other odds uh, somewhere else because it looks like this got bet down quite a bit. But 
Another long shot. Obviously, we're here for the long shots. We're going home runs Obviously. only. Player with the longest reception. Christian McCaffrey is plus 1,200. Kind of going off what Seth was alluding to. Right. Uh, if you're going to get 25 in each half, if it only takes three to get there, <laughs> why not just take a screen pass to the house from like the 45? There you go. Can you parlay that with the Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown? Probably. You could juice those odds even more. I think that's really like, then again, the same thing happened last week, right? And he got down to like the two yard line. And then we got an Elijah Mitchell touchdown. I think he got down to the one and it was a minus is an under one and a half yard touchdown actually. <laughs> and I think that wouldn't have happened or I think McCaffrey would have scored that touchdown if he didn't get flipped onto his head and had to come out and be checked. But McCaffrey and Deeb are the two that really have that ability, I think, to take something behind the line of scrimmage and take it to the house no matter where they are on the field. So at plus 12, 12 to 1 odds, even better than Debo anytime or Debo first touchdown scorer. Got a sprinkle. I'm already on that. You can rest assured. Seth, give me your third and final prop that you researched as we were starting this podcast. So as Kyle mentioned, we're here for the long shots. So I give you at plus 1120. Will there be an overtime? Mm. Yes, there will. I like that. I mean, it's plus not, 1120. You know? Yeah. And like I Sam mean, said it earlier, this is one of the, the closest yeah. lines of a game in, in the decades. So these are two evenly matched teams. Both of them, uh, like you talked about Kyle with the Niners and I think the chiefs as well. Like if they get the ball with two minutes left and they are down by three, I trust them to tie the game. So I think it's very possible and it's fun to root for. So why not? Seth, there's only been six Super Bowls in history with the line two or less. And that's what we're dealing with right now. If you're ever going to bet overtime, this is the game to do it. These are also two coaches that I think for the most part are relatively conservative. Like Andy Reid, I think, with Butker as anyone would. And I think also with, obviously, Rashi Rice has come on here late in the season, but probably no player, you know, not the same type of core to trust to go for it on fourth downs. He hasn't gone for it on many fourth downs this year. Both, I think the Chiefs are in the bottom third and fourth down attempts. San Francisco is the last in the league in fourth down attempts. So if we get down to it, it's a short yarded situation in the red zone, even in the, you know, the 30 yard line or whatever, they're going to kick, Yeah, you know? So it's not like, I like that a lot. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm a big fan at plus money too. If, if people are just, are they going to parlay or hit straight all of our bets? Like you guys can, do they realize they could retire after the Super Bowl? You don't have to work a day in your life after this, okay? Now, we should just talk about the Gatorade just because it's fun. Kyle like Shanahan said his favorite Gatorade is orange. Now, really? is, the sidelines, lose, though, so. is the sidelines filled with the head coach's favorite Gatorade? Probably not. I'd like to ask what exactly happens with the Gatorade. Like, what, what goes... Like, does a team have all one Gatorade flavor? Do they have like every flavor on their sideline. I've never really peeled back the curtain to figure out what exactly happens with that. 
I don't have the answers for you. Unfortunately, like, does a team, if, if, if I'm the chiefs, I'm like, we have orange Gator in the sideline. That's all we have. That can't be right. Right. Cause what if players don't like orange? Yeah. Maybe there's different colors in the different coolers. And it just depends on which ones the team grabs when they dump them on them. I mean, you know, back in like high school soccer, we only had one flavor, but I'd assume they're a step up, you know? I don't know. Everything <laughs> else is the same between high school soccer and Super Bowl <laughs> football. So either way, I'm pounding blue at plus 350. <laughs> blue is the second most frequent Gatorade dump, I think there is. Based on a, a tweet by Sports Data Now. The number of past Super Bowl Gatorade showers by color. Orange in the lead with five. Clear and blue each have four dumps. Yellow and purple each have three. We're not going to see a red, so don't even waste your money. No. Now, no Gatorade bath is 16 to 1. Andy Reid is shifty out there. If he wins, you never know. He might go straight for a hamburger instead of a Gatorade. What are the odds on clear? 10 to 1. Yeah, dude. The third most frequent drop at 10 to 1? I don't mind that at all, honestly. Andy might be on the sideline saying, if we're going to win this game, I don't want no colored Gatorade dropped on me. <laughs> That's just a rule he has in general. <laughs> Seth, I need to add to the Gatorade. I know you have a wealth of knowledge on the subject. I'm a big purple guy. I believe it was mm. purple last year. Purple's the favorite. Purple. That's weird. Yeah. Why? Because the Chiefs? I don't know. I feel like last year was like the biggest long shot, but. Like, oh, does Vegas, what does Vegas know? Like, you know, how are they setting these odds? You know what I mean? Are they just like us, just looking back at. Well, Sam, I don't know if you know this, but when Vegas sets the odds, <laughs> they do it based on how much money they could make, not what is most likely That's to happen. That's still oh. the most mad I've ever been at Cobb saying that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I got my point across and it stuck with you both. So I did my job. <laughs> Sometimes Years I wake later. up at night in a cold sweat thinking of our pre-Carol debate. Uh, and now he's gone. So who was right? He's gone. I mean, he's still alive. You sure about that? <laughs> God, I killed him. All right, let's pick the MVP. Right. Kyle, I think we might have the same one. So I'm just going to say it. I love Debo 20 to 1. Obviously, yep. the quarterbacks are the favorites. But you're picking the Chiefs the... to win, so this is an interesting conundrum that we're in. <laughs> I know, but as you know, I don't have a strong lean either way, so I'm going to sprinkle, you know what I mean? And he has no one. principles, so. Well, betting the Chiefs and Mahomes is like basically the same odds, you know what I mean? So if I want a long shot, I probably have to go Niners because I feel like if the Chiefs win, it's going to be Mahomes. So are we it... saying our MVP predictions or our favorite bets for MVP? I'm personally saying my favorite bet. And the odds are just too juicy to ignore because there is a certain game script that could lead to it. Obviously, there's yeah. not often non-quarterbacks win, but if they do, they're usually a receiver. But Debo is a runner and a receiver, so he could score two touchdowns on the ground and Brock Purdy goes one touchdown, one pick. And the obvious choice is Debo, right? He has that kind of superpower that would loft him above a QB throwing him a ball. So I like Debo at 20 to 1. Those are just some juicy odds to me. I, I agree with you here. I know we talked about it prior in, in our uh, text conversations, but it's also the perfect hedge off of like McCaffrey and 
Purdy, right? Because obviously, like you said, uh, it's typically the quarterback of the Super Bowl winning team. However, in a situation where we might expect Brock Purdy to be more of a game manager and not a game changer, there's really only two other options then who are going to be game changers on the 49ers, and it's McCaffrey and it's Debo. And if Debo gets one of those touches, one of those um, touchdowns in the five, the 10 yard line, and it's not McCaffrey, there's a touchdown his way and not McCaffrey's way. He gets one in the receiving game, 10 catches, couple rushes, 140 total yards. How do you, how do you say he's not the MVP of that game in that scenario? Obviously we're looking at this through a very small lens here, but that's what you got to do. 20 to 1 odds. Debo first touchdown, you're halfway there. Yeah, he has to score a touchdown. Oh, yeah. So definitely. you might he as well bet. Score multiple. You might as well bet Debo anytime first, last MVP. And then if you don't win, you don't win. But if you win, you Boy. can quit your job <laughs> on Monday. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with yeah, you. I don't mind that. I think it's probably going to be Mahomes, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you should bet the quarterbacks, obviously. But I here's the be... thing. What are the odds on McKelsey? 17 to 1. So, I mean, bad. again, if we're talking the narratives, narratives here. Exactly. Sprinkle. Exactly. What is better for the NFL than Travis Kelsey going off for two touchdowns, 100 yards, 10 catches, not a wins day. MVP and then proposes to Taylor Swift middle of the field with confetti falling on them. They Nothing. have a baby leading to a baby boom, which leads to another industrial revolution. <laughs> and for 17 to one, you're not going to bet that you've That's heard just it. Anti-American. <laughs> the next industrial revolution starts by the love of Travis. Kelsey can you parlay those? <laughs> I think you can parlay. Yeah. Industrial revolution 4.0 with, with, with Taylor Swift money line. There's <laughs> definitely There's definitely a market for it in the offshores. <laughs> so uh would you guys like to hear the live reaction from nick when i told him who i picked mm, yeah please have you seen that brian cranston meme when he's like Fuck! yes that's, that's what exactly he said. what yeah <laughs> and that's reasonable you, did he tell uh, you his reasoning for picking the chiefs he just said he Fuck, no more no less i thought you said it was a singular text from nick now you're gonna tell how many more lies will i be told yeah that was the singular text that i received Whilst I was in my car and obviously not looking at my phone. And then I responded. (laughs) (laughs) What did he say? I told him that it's probably the safe pick. And then he said, I feel like it's the right pick. (laughs) Sam said he picked Niners. Sam said he picked Niners preseason. I feel like he's going to stick to it. You fools. I'm a man devoid of principle. See, this is where I was wrong after all these years. I said, I don't think he knows what he's going to do. If anything, though, he is a man of principle. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know me at all? Yeah, that's the least true thing about Sam ever. He's the king of contradiction. I'm the godfather to your child. Did you say that about me? I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> if you dare lie to my ch- children once. <laughs> I have nothing if not a bad influence. All right. that's That's all our Super Bowl preview, so... You football fans who don't care about basketball, go get some shut-eye, okay? You've earned it, you've worked hard, and you deserve it, all right? They've been asleep for 30 minutes.
<laughs> ever since I was talking about the playoff pool and we were trying to figure out how I could win. NBA time, baby. Everyone shift your brains over. Okay. Let's go. LeBron, Steph, KD. You there? All right. The trade deadline was today, which terrible planning by the NBA to have it the week of the Super Bowl. Great planning by us to schedule our podcast for today, though. But like you could have it next week and no one would care. Like everyone would be all in and no one would care about football anymore. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Anyway. There was no crazy trade. There was no DeJounte Murray trade, right? There was no, I don't know, something crazy. I mean, it's because like, we've had some trades over the last few weeks. So we yeah. kind of got it. But really even those out. weren't really that crazy. I mean, OG Ananobi was a big one. We talked about that. Yeah. Um, Pascal. Pascal, we talked about that. Those are definitely bigger than anything that happened today, I would say. But there was some interesting maneuvering by some contenders. The first one I wanted to hit on was... um. The New York Knickerbockers. They acquired... That's fucking go, dude. I fucking love the Knicks. <laughs> I, was all I really them. do, too, honestly. And Seth has got to be shaking in his booties after this trade because they acquired Sharp, Shooter, Eastern, European, Bojan, Bogdanovich, as well as another Sharp Shooter, Alec Burks. And the swaggiest was... of the Bogdanovi, might I say. <laughs> and all they did to give up was Quentin Grimes, Malachi Flynn, Evan Fournier, Ryan Archidacchio, and two future second round picks. Seth, are you worried the most about the Knicks in the East now? You can be honest. Um, They're up there. They're up there. Ironically, <laughs> I was still worried more about the heat. <laughs> That's fair. You've been hurt too many times. Exactly. It's more of like a, um, a complex at this point than it is uh, rational reasoning. but Seth is a Celtics fan, by the way, for you Belgium fans that are tuning in for the first for time. For anyone who hasn't listened before. Um, but I think, you know, Ryan, Rosillo, and Bill Simmons were talking about, like, would you take the Knicks against the Bucks in a series now? And I think that's kind of a toss-up. I might still lean Bucks just because we've seen it before, and the honest factor. But... Knicks are way deeper and have just better overall players that just Brunson as good as he is. And he's not Giannis. Um, Yeah. I think it's a slam dunk trade for the Knicks. They got Bogdanovich by far the best player in the deal. Every team in the league could use some more shooting on the wing, big wing. He's not the best defender, but I think he's competent enough to fit in. He has size. The Tim, you know? the Tibbs structure. Yeah, he's got size. He's so, a terrible defender, honestly. But yeah. he's he's out there. He's a big body. You have to go through him, you know. But here's the: it doesn't. I'll talk about it when I get to me. It doesn't matter on this team. Go ahead. Yeah, they've got so many other good defenders, and they can make up for it. So, I like the Knicks. Um, and I mean the other team. I think they might be tied in the standings right now, although the Knicks are going to lose or already did lose tonight, but is the Cavs. And I was a big fan of them in the preseason and had them ranked high and they were looking bad early in the season and then they've um, they've improved. So I think that's the other team that has to be mentioned that's kind of been slept on so You're far. You're not worried about the Cavs. But I, I would be worried about the Cavs. I'm not they really didn't make any worried moves, about though. anyone. I think the Celtics will win the East, but 
I think all those teams need to be respected. It would be and, embarrassing if you didn't make the finals, to be honest. Pretty much. I mean, you added Springer as well. And uh, another backup. Xavier Tillman. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. As a Celtics fan, how worried are you about the fact that they play such a high-variance brand of basketball and the fact that they lead the league in three-point attempts and they're third last in shots at the rim? Like, obviously, ideally, you have a good balance. Uh, that's where you want to score from, right? You want threes yeah. or you want to score at the rim? They're completely avoiding any chance at the highest percentage shots there are and just strictly going for the high variant shots that can run any team out of the gym. But at the same time, if the shot's not falling, we've seen it this year. They just lost to the Lakers who didn't have LeBron or AD. They lost by almost what what was it like 10 15 20 points yeah Yeah. so yeah i mean i've been saying that for a while like it's great when the threes are going in but it would be nice to have a plan b as well which i don't Um, think they do yeah one of the things with tatum is like he's the best when he's getting to the basket and he too often relies on step back threes or off the dribble dribble threes and the biggest worry about that is in the last like five minutes of a close game is they just rely on this ISO ball or hope that they make their threes. That being said, there's a reason why we have the best record in the league is because we have really good three-point shooters and we have a really good defense. So even if we're not hitting our threes, we can limit the other team's offense enough. And I think we have enough different types of players, different, you know, We've got three-point shooting up and down the roster. So it's like even if two players are having an off night, some of the other guys can make up for it. So, yeah, it's a concern, and there might be some games in the playoffs where we just can't hit anything and we lose by 20. But I, I'm i confident enough that over a seven-game series, we'll be you able to You think Joe's going to be able to figure it out? I mean, he wasn't able to last year. That's the other weakness is coaching. On the other hand, you say he wasn't able to last year and we made it to game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. I feel like the, we we kind of hold the Celtics to this higher standard because they had so much success early on. And it's like, what other team where their best player is 26 years old do we say if they don't make the finals, it's an embarrassment? I thought Tatum was. I don't disagree. Still. Here's the thing. That's just been the expectation, though. Yeah. And so, so, but it's like, oh, last season was a disappointment. It's like, all right, we are one game away from the finals. You lost to a team that came out of the play-in. Yeah, I mean, you were heavily favored. That's the disappointment part, I think. Yeah, but I mean, Kyle would be the first one to say that. Jimmy Butler is him, so we lost to him. What are you going to do? There's a new Uh, him in town, though. Himlin Brunson. I wouldn't want to go. You love the Knicks. It's the Knicks and it's the Thunder. Those are my two teams. Now, I'm the Thunder did make a move too, which I think we'll get to. But we're talking, we're talking Knicks, right? 
Where are we talking Knicks or were we talking Celtics? I'd like to give me your brief thoughts on the Knicks. I'm on to technically the second drink here since I had a double decker. Um, so Kyle made me make me. it old fashioned before this podcast. He held me at gunpoint and said, "You better make an old fashioned." I mean, I can tell you the last so. the last yeah. time I drank something that wasn't a beer, and the last time I even drank a beer was over two weeks ago. So we're zooming. All right. <laughs> the Knicks have one of probably the greatest turnarounds in NBA history in terms of defense over the first three months of the season to where they're at today. Um, they have climbed to sixth in adjusted defensive uh, rating. Um, they were one of the worst teams in defensive rating through the, the first half of the season, called the first half, from October through December. They get OG Ananobi, and this is a completely different team. Um, and then today, uh, the biggest weakness I think that we saw over the course of the last month was their first unit is incredible, both offensively and defensively. Their second unit was scraping by with a positive net rating, but wasn't scoring any points. They were incredible defensively still with the second unit, but they had absolutely no type of shooters on the floor. So adding Burks and Bogdanovich to also uh, play with and run for a, uh, you know, some part of the second unit, I think is massive. Um, if you can win those second unit minutes, even as half as much as you win when the first unit is on the court, that's just a really dangerous team, in my opinion. I think Brunson has showed, obviously, his worth. It's got to be one of the best contracts that the Knicks have stumbled upon in the NBA, the way he's playing. Um, I think this is a segment that we were going to get to, but the biggest snub uh, of not being a starter in the all-star game is Jalen Brunson. He sure. may be a top three point guard in the entire league. And he's the engine of the offense. He's one of the swiftiest players. Swiftiest? Is that the right I think your mind's on just... What you meant it was shiftiest. Shiftiest? shiftiest. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was swifties. We can never get it out of our brains. Um Amen. But, like, it's just like a, I, I feel like everything is going right for the Knicks, which is also scary at the same time when you look at their recent history, right? Um, but they're now the, uh, um, what is it? They are the only team in the NBA that has five qualified players, which are players with a minimum 100 three-point attempts, shooting above 40% from the three-point line. That's yeah, DiVincenzo, that's Bogdanovich, that's Brunson, that's Burks, mm. and McBride. Oh, because of Burks. Yeah. Nice. And Bogdanovich. Love the Knicks moving forward. They're going to be, I would think about picking them against almost everyone in the East except for the Celtics. So, I mean, if you want to take a long shot, go ahead and tail me. I did toss in a parlay today of the Knicks to win the East. And <laughs> except the, the Ray doesn't I like know. it. I know I said I'm an OKC boy, but I think we may be one year away. And the Clippers to win the West. 
that was if you want to throw your away your money that's a good way to do it so <laughs> that was plus 2400 and listeners at the end of the nba finals you could retire if you put this in <laughs> okay uh all right let's zoom through the rest of these trades like I said, a lot of small ones, a lot of a lot of contenders uh, leveling up. Your beloved OKC Thunder, Kyle, Trey Ray, Trey Mann, and Dave Davis Bertans, neither of whom I thought were still breathing on this earth, for Gordon Hayward. Solid move, I think we all agree, right? To get one player who you're going to might crack your rotation for two that don't. Um, just adding another good player. If, if Hayward is healthy, he's the kind of player that OKC likes where they like all their players to be able to ball handle a little bit, pass and pass and shoot, right? They want like all of their players on the court to be able to do something with the ball. And he obviously fits that mold. Um, so I like that. I like that quite a bit for the Thunder. Do you guys agree with me there? Yeah. Like I mentioned, I was sneaky hoping that the Celtics would have a Horton Gayward reunion. <laughs> um, <Gayward. laughs> that didn't happen, but I, the only thing with this is I don't really feel like it's what the Thunder needed where they needed like another big man. But like you said, Kyle, they could be a year away. They're already um, progressing faster than we maybe would have ex- expected from a team of this age. So it's kind of all gravy for them at this point. And getting Hayward is solid, I would say. I mean... They gave up. I mean, Trey Mann was probably the biggest name on the Thunder side in that trade. He was playing nine minutes a game for them. Most times he wasn't even playing. So, like, if anything, I like it as an injury type of assurance, insurance going into the playoffs, right? You never know what's going to happen. Somebody rolls an ankle, they're out a couple of games. I like the opportunity to have Gordon Hayward come in and fill in one of those roles. He was playing really well this year, honestly, for uh, for Charlotte, especially when Lamella was out for kind of an extended period of time. He was averaging like 15, 5, and 5 for the most part um, on a 47 field goal, 36% from three. Um, so, like, he's not going to enter the starting lineup. But at the same time, I also feel like Oklahoma City is a great place for the Hayward family to be. I don't know why I feel that way. It just seems right. I agree completely. He really fits in there. And you're right, Kyle. Like, I feel like what they need, maybe they need a big man, but more than anything, if you're this close to the to being a title contender, you can't afford to lose someone for a couple of games or a series in the playoffs, and that'd be your downfall. And Gordon Hayward can play three positions and be a Swiss Army knife for whoever you might lose to injury and just fit right in. Yeah, uh, I like Gordon they Hayward over Kendrick Williams. Yeah, if they lose Shea for a, more than a game, like they're not going to survive that. But if it's like, hey, Josh Giddy's out for the series, yeah, Gordon Hayward could fill in, I think, very well. So I agree. He's a um, better shooter too. Great hair, the both of them. Uh, the Sixers—they're out here. They're getting Buddy healed. They're training Ray Pat Bev to their rival in the East. Kind of weird. Big move. Uh, great move for them. Getting rid of so they traded they traded hey shout Pat. out to Pat Bev though for breaking the trade on his own podcast. He's a reporter now. Here's the here's the thing today. Trade breakdowns. Woj broke the most. 
Shams broke the second most, and there was only other one one other reporter to break a trade today, and it was, and it was Pat awesome. Bev himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Did you also see that? So, so the Bucks acquired Patrick Beverly. They traded campaign back to the Sixers, and then they ended up trading Robin Lopez in cash to the Kings. And then Robin Lopez was seen courtside at the Bucks game, just reading a book while his team played. <laughs> Not his team. Not his team anymore. His team. He also Pat tweeted Bev. out that uh, he loved being teammates with Pat Bev for an hour and forty-five minutes, and it was indel- <laughs> indelible. He said. <laughs> Pat Bev also made a statement about how. Uh... He's got to shore up some stuff with Dame. What what happened in the past is in the past. Yeah, they've been they've been rivals for some time. Yeah, it was. Do you think with... that? Do you think John Horst got rid of Robin Lopez just so Doc would stop stop playing him so many minutes? Someone had to. My God, it was tough to watch. God, he would do those those scoop hooks, you know, and it would go in like one out of every eight times, and then he just tossle his hair to the side. I don't even know how he sees with that hair. Um, but yeah, I like Buddy Heald for the Sixers. We'll see when Joel Embiid comes back. We haven't talked about that at all in this pod, but he's out for an extended time with a knee injury. So if Embiid comes back for the playoffs, they get another shooter. I think it's reasonable. Not sure why they shipped away Pat Bev. Because he's terrible and he's a cancer. (laughs) I think it was uh, a great... I think it's because of his podcast, which I don't listen to by itself but i get clips of it all the time and maybe it's because i i like his co-host a lot but i've grown to kind of like pat bev how dare you you can get off this podcast if that's the way you feel uh real quick i want to go over as well pj washington my own firstborn son was finally lifted out of the hell that is the charlotte hornets and onto a reasonably competitive team. He moves to the Dallas Mavericks, who traded Ray Grant Williams for him, as well as Seth Curry and a pick. A first round. On pick. top of that, if we're gonna talk Dallas, don't forget to Gafford mention they also well. got Daniel Gafford. Yes, that was gonna be my next sentence out of my mouth, and you read my mind. They also got Gafford, who uh, we're gonna assume plays backup center over the much maligned Dwight Powell. Um Grant didn't work out in Dallas, Seth. He did not. Your former boy wasn't able to mesh mm-hmm. with Luca. Mm-hmm. You love Grant. Do I? Did I? If I peel back all the layers of your onion-like personality and get to the core, it shows that you love Grant Williams secretly. Honestly, I think what it really came down to is just he's annoying. <laughs> and he sucks. The Celtics <laughs> found him very annoying and got rid of him. And then Luca and Kyrie like, this guy's annoying. I don't want to be around him anymore. And so they just shipped him to Charlotte where nobody can care. So, I mean, also he wasn't hitting threes. Yeah. And he has two jobs, play defense, hit threes. So, And annoy his coworkers. I'm really excited to see P.J. Washington with Luka, Kyle. Both him and I think it's also massive to add Daniel Gafford as your backup center. Like, that was the one thing they were missing, right? Or one of the things they were missing. Like the backup center minutes going to uh, Powell, it just wasn't it. Like if you're going to have Luca out there on the times when Kyrie was off the court, 
you really wanted Lively out there at the same time, but now they have that ability to kind of switch the two. They're both just incredible pick-and-roll players that could finish at the rim. And I think that's just going to be huge going forward for them. On top of that, they didn't really have to give up very much. Like, I think there was an expectation where they would have to lose Josh Green Mm -hmm. or even Tim Hardaway at the deadline this year. And they were able to retain both of those getting rid of Grant Williams, who wasn't doing anything, adding depth at the center position, and then replacing Grant Williams with a player that I think has a much higher floor as well as a much higher ceiling and is a lot more reliable from all assets of the game. Can the Mavs just be better? I don't understand. Like They're in eighth place right now. I think they'll finish out of the plan. I and by that I mean like in the top six. So eleven. <laughs> They'd have to leapfrog the Kings and the Pelicans. The Pelicans always have an injury that snowballs their season. I don't know Which if they're gonna leave the Kings. Would be great for me. I put in quite the future bet parlay Here the other go. day. <laughs> this is really gonna send Seth over the edge if he hasn't already Seth, gone. Tell over. me how you th- tell me how you like this, all right? I put the Thunder to win the Northwest Division. They hold He's not the tie. Know any of these divisions? I'm gonna I'm gonna explain it. They <laughs> hold the tiebreaker over both Minnesota and Denver. They're currently the one seed in that division. The Mavericks to win the Southwest Division. They were I think a game and a half or a game out behind the Pelicans, and this trade I think helps that immensely. The Heat to win the Southeast. They were tied with the Orlando. Southeast. <laughs> They hold the tiebreaker over Orlando as well. And the Cavs to win the Central. The Bucks fucking suck. <laughs> All of this at plus 3,700. My God. <laughs> I honestly like don't hate it. And listeners, if you put in this simple parlay, <laughs> when the season ends, you could retire from your job. Okay? <laughs> Assuming that you have savings in your account enough to retire and you put more than two dollars on this which you, you won't be i did how many did you put on it a whopping Working. five baby five. Oh. i'll tell you right money. now that pays out almost 200 what am i gonna do I mean, with that five dollars i wasn't taking that a, out anyways who needs a 401k um is that all the big trades i mean I don't really want to discuss anything else because I don't even want to discuss what the Raptors did because I'm not. We don't know sure. what the honestly. Did. <laughs> honestly, I'll just say one more thing about trade deadline and then we'll move on because we've already been talking for too long. I feel like the biggest story of the trade deadline is that the Bulls did nothing. Yes, which is just absolute malpractice for a team that's hell bent on being a play-in team every year. Have several good players that good teams would actually want but are going nowhere and i don't say this often but i feel bad for bulls fans thank Thank you you. we've been waiting for you to say that let me let me let me read this report that came out the bulls ownership was prepared to approve a rebuild however our vice president arturos karnisavas chose not to proceed in that direction and instead opted to maintain the current roster. We made Alex Caruso unobtainable at the trade deadline. 
we have DeMar DeRozan through the rest of the year and don't have any type of agreement with him to move forward past this year. So he's a free agent at the end of the season yeah, lose him for so nothing, far. For sure. What this front office is doing makes absolutely zero sense. And you could honestly say that for just about any Chicago sports team. It's truly incredible that that how we is. are in one of the top three biggest markets, I think, in the United States. And we prefer mediocrity over success. I know and that excitement. owners said that they were ready for a rebuild, but I have my doubts that Jerry Reinsdorf would do such a thing because he's been reticent to do so. He likes to be mediocre and sell tickets and sell playing tickets. I think what we need to do, Kyle, is we need to take our winnings from all these parlays that we're going to hit. We need to retire, as we've urged our listeners to do, and we need to buy the bulls, and we need to run it as we see fit. Easy. Since trading Jimmy Butler in 2017... Don't even breathe that up. The bulls have won one playoff game. Why would you say that? Butler has won 46. Oh, my (laughs) God. (laughs) All right, let's move on. Can I can't we talk, talk about this? No, no, no. It's like you we had Jimmy Butler one terrible trade, realized it was terrible, and said, "You know what? We can't. We just can't make any tr- more trades ever again. <laughs> it's too risky." We had Jimmy Butler, another player we had at some point, Laurie Markman, All Star yep. last year. We also had the center for Orlando, none other than give me his name, Wendell, Wendell Carter Jr. Wendell Carter Jr. It was Everyone on the tip of my you trade away blossoms. Yes, we have absolutely no patience. The only player we did have patience on was Kobe White, who's having a breakout year, and that's because we were able to sign a te- very team-friendly deal on him because he wasn't doing anything. I bet we almost traded him. I bet someone offers a, offered us a fax machine, and we almost traded it's him for it. It's disgusting what goes on in Chicago. All right, let's move. I can't talk about Chicago anymore. Uh, can we talk about the All-Star game? Mm-hmm. It's gonna happen. When is and it? We're not next gonna weekend? record another pod before it. I think it's next weekend. I'm actually have no idea. Let's look it up. Well, but I don't think we're gonna record another pod beforehand. So we want to talk about the snubs and what we would have changed. Yeah, it's on so, the 18th. Yeah. So Kyle mentioned Brunson. I think all of us would have Brunson as a starter over, over Damian Lillard, but yeah. he is in the All Star game, so we can't. You know. He wasn't a snub, but he was a starting snub easily. I don't know. How are you New York and you lose the people's vote? It's embarrassing. People keep talking about how Brunson's like the most popular athlete in New York City right now. Why didn't they vote him in the All-Star game? I don't don't get that at all. Yeah. And then the other thing we talked about is in the West, Carl Anthony Towns made the All-Star game as big of a Timberwolves fan as I am. He should not have made it over DeMontis Sabonis or De'Aaron Fox. Either one of them would have been a better choice. The other thing I would say in the West is that I think, to me, it's pretty clear I would have had Kawhi Leonard as a starter over either KD or LeBron. I think he's been... The thing was, I I think the thing is, like, Kawhi, the midst of this run that he's on right now, though, was kind of... Before the all-star voting ended. Yeah. Cause he's been on an outrageous streak the last in the month of January. Yeah, and like half of it was after the, the voting stopped. 
DeMontis right. Sabonis has a double double in 90% of his games this year. Yeah, it's. I think they just want a triple double in 30% of those games. They just wanted to reward the one seed, the one seed uh, Minnesota Timberwolves by giving them two all stars. Who are not the one seeds anymore. Now, really, I'm looking at the, uh, they're the one seed on my standings right now. They must have won. Are they? Yeah, they must have just won. All right, yeah. No, no. Okay, so that's why. Yeah, because the Thunder had it because they have, as I said, they have the tiebreaker. You know what? Yesterday, yesterday the Clippers were the one seed. They lost yesterday. They dropped to the four. The West is a wild race. You know what's stupid? We're acting like, okay, so now it's East-West. It was just not East-West like two years ago. Why couldn't we just have the injury replacements be from the West instead of well, the East? It was always East-West for selecting who's on the team. But, like, we're putting in Julius Randle and Trey Young. Why don't you just put in Fox and Sabonis? We're not putting in Julius Randle. He's injured. I'm sorry, not Julius Randle. Scotty Barnes and Trey Young. Just take him I mean, from the West instead. No. The thing is, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, it does, because you look back historically and see how many All-Star games you you made. That's the only thing it means, though. But I mean, like, in terms of, like, East versus West, actually, like, in the actual game. That's what I'm saying. Anything. So just yeah. put Sabonis and Fox in, because they deserve it more. And then what team would they play on? They could choose. Whatever team they get drafted to. Doesn't if we matter. did the draft again. They like LeBron better, they like Giannis better. Just choose. Well, that's a whole, yeah, it's a whole different argument, I feel like. Anyways. All right, who's going to win MVP of the All-Star game? So I looked this up over the last 10 All-Star games. Nine of those 10 MVPs have come from the starting lineup. Uh, or, an, uh, or the starter. Let's the name the one... starters real quick, because I didn't name any yeah, of the players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the starters in the East are Giannis. It was Joel Embiid, but now it's going to be Julius Randle, I think, because he's out. Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, and Jason Tatum. The stars in the West are Jokic, LeBron, Shea, KD, and Luka. Sam keeps thinking that Julius Randle is going to play, even though we keep telling him he's injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Scotty Barnes. He's not a starter, though. Yeah, who's going to start for Joel then? That's a good question. I don't know. If that's I guess we announced. don't know. So don't forget know. about that for now. So the only player to win All-Star MVP not as a starter in the all-star game is Russell Westbrook in 2015. He came off the bench and scored 41 points in 25 minutes. Uh, So I think really MVP wise, what we want is a high score, which is why I have two people that I'm really interested in. And that's injury replacement, Trey young. And that's Donovan Mitchell, who I think, had an argument to be the start to be a starter over Dame as well if he didn't make if Brunson also didn't make that. So in my okay, opinion, it should have been Dame or I mean it so should have been you, Brunson. You went to the not research, start, though. Yeah, you went to the research to see how many have won that aren't starters. There's only one and then you decided to pick two non starters. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I don't. I'm not going to bet Giannis to win the MVP at 
plus 550. I don't care about five to one odds in the All Star game. I say not. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell has been on an absolute heater, shooting the hell out of it from three. He's 25 to one. If he comes in and hits his first, you know, he hits three out of five threes and he's just hot, they're just going to keep riding him. He drops six, seven, eight threes this game. They keep him out there. He drops 40 plus. And I feel like he's one who would who would kind of try to. Right. Exactly. And that's the same same uh, I, um, thoughts I have behind Trey Young, who was snubbed in the first place and probably should have been a reserve, a normal reserve and not an injury replacement. He's 60 to 1. Who would you have had him over in the East? Mm. I mean, his team sucks. I don't really I think don't, he deserves to make it. give a shit. It's the All-Star game. Who cares? I don't care. He's playing, honestly, the best basketball of his career. It would have to be over Bam, Paolo, or Randall, I feel. Or Jalen Brown. Probably over Brown. Could be, yeah. Uh, I like... Brown. Kyle, I can't believe you didn't even name this player. I like Shea at 14-1. to 1. Well, yeah, I obviously I love Shea, but I took him going long shots. Well, Shea is not, I mean, 14 to 1 is one of the longest shots of any of the starters, yet he's one of oh, the best the starters. Yeah. Yeah. And he's one of the best. Well, you just said nine out of the 10 games the starter wins it. And he's one of the longest yes. shots of those. And he's he scores, he's a certified bucket getter. And That's you know, facts. he can score from all three levels, even if he's not hot from three. He's going to mm-hmm. put up 40, maybe 50 points in this game. You think so? Well, we're just going to pound so. it then. Yeah, we're pounding it. What's Halliburton's odds? I can in, he's in the same. He's I can see Halley too. Yeah, I can see Halliburton. Halliburton it's in Indiana, dude. It's in. He's got the home wow, crowd. That's true. He's yeah, got pulling up from deep. But he's I feel like Tyrese is just gonna just be passing the whole time. So if he finishes with like twenty and fifteen, are they gonna give it to him? You know what I mean? Mm. He'll get more than twenty. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He drops thirty-five and twenty, though. <laughs> I mean, if he drops thirty-five and twenty, he's definitely gonna win it. Barbara. So those are your four bets, I think. What about Seth? Seth hasn't said anything yet. We don't care about the West. Like eight of them. So I was honestly going to say Shea or Halliburton or um, uh, the other one I could say is Anthony Edwards. Mm. I feel like I feel like the younger players, if they get enough minutes, are going to be the ones who try. And at least try to put on a show and kind of make a name for themselves. And Ant is one who could just catch fire and just pull up from deep and just they keep giving it to him. And that's how it usually goes. I feel like somebody gets hot, mm-hmm. you feed them the ball, and then they, Tatum last year. they end up scoring a bunch. So, you know what's a really, really bad bet? Jokic MVP. Yes. Yeah, he's going to give a shit. He's going to be on his phone betting on his horses while the game is going on. Maxi at fifty-five to one is another interesting long shot. Just bet anyone named Tyrese and you'll be fine. <laughs> All right, let's bets. get out of here. What have we been? We've been here for what, like an hour and a half? I don't even know if we said Hard anything insightful. Nothing yeah. insightful. <laughs> Just told people to retire a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> we we picked the Super Bowl. We we picked one hundred percent correct bets. Yeah, that's how we do it. And we we covered two sports. I call it a day. Kyle, send our listeners off with something just to wet their whistles for the next couple weeks. Over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. That's it? <laughs>